Welcome to the latest episode of the Keeping Pace podcast. I'm your host, Mike Moreau. Tommy Runs is my latest guest. He hosts the Run Eat Sleep show on Instagram and is the creator of the clothing company Chip Time Running. Tommy and I have a conversation where we talk about him going sober to becoming vegan and his journey to qualifying for the 2022 Boston Marathon. It's a fun conversation and I hope you enjoy it. Hey, Tommy, how's it going? Thanks for uh, taking the time to join me today. Yeah, no problem, man. I'm excited to uh, talk to you. And thanks for the opportunity. Yeah, you, you're you someone I've been following from a distance for a while. And after, you know, over the last year, I've kind of made a, an effort to follow more, you know, make my running Instagram a little bit more diverse. And, you know, the We Run 313 crew and your name has popped up a lot. So I've enjoyed following your your journey and that crew oh yeah it's it's been it's been crazy um i'm glad i kind of ran into them <laughs> no pun intended uh, i'm glad i ran into them uh, a couple years ago now and we've uh it's been really cool to be a part of that journey and then also see where this you know running life takes me as well you know not that this is going to be chronological but i guess we should start there and how did you get started with your journey you know i've followed you from being now this like really fast runner, but I know that's not where, that's probably not where you started. Yeah. Yeah. No. Um, yeah. So uh, the journey technically started up in 2015, I guess I would say, uh, my sister, uh, who's always, she's been a runner for you know, most of her, you know, probably most of her thirties and stuff like that. Now she's, uh, approximately, you know, 42, 43, but who's counting. Um, she said, you know, in 2015, I, that I should run a 5K with her. She she saw that I needed maybe a little change in my life. And so I trained for this 5K. It was the Savannah Bridge Run. And I don't know if you know anything about the Savannah Bridge, but it's extremely high. Um, it's like one of those bridges that is not suspension or anything like that. So it has to be high enough for like these huge ships to go under. Um, so I trained for this race for like four weeks, maybe. Yeah, I'm like three miles shouldn't be tough. Um, so I think I maxed out at four miles in my little training thing that I was doing. It wasn't training. It was just me running every other day or so. Um, thought I was ready, ran this race, felt like I was going to die. had a knee brace on because I you know, just wasn't healthy. Body wasn't ready to do any of that stuff. By the time I got done with this race, I was proud of myself and said never again. Uh, and I meant it for sure. Uh, ended up, cha- you know, uh, going sober uh, in 2017, then went vegan in 2018, uh, earlier in the year. And then that led me into to the gym, working out and all that, and then ended up being challenged or invited to run the rock and roll half marathon in 2018. So from 2015 to 18, I didn't do any running whatsoever, no plan on it. Um, and then kind of with fitness and being in the gym, lifting weights, somebody said, Hey, you should be able to do this half marathon with us, raise some money. Um, and did that didn't die. And then just was hooked. And since, so really my, in my mind, my running journey started in 2018 because that was the first time I really had run, you know, more than a month, you know, in a row. And you mentioned you, you know, you said you needed, your sister thought you needed a change. Uh, what what do you think sparked that change? Because you said you did no running from 2015 to 2018. Well, yeah, so the, you know, so before, you know, prior to 2015, there was like, I was not a, not a runner at all. Didn't even, you know, I'd see people run on the street and, you know, kind of 
you know, they say that, oh, that good for them. That's their thing. You know, not mine, you know? Um, and after that 5k, that was that disaster of a 5k, um, I just decided that, you know, running was not for me, you know, even if I tried, you know? Um, and the reason why I think running came back into play and with that change that was needed, I feel like my, my sobriety journey, um, I would be, re- I'd be remiss to not mentioned sobriety in my running journey. And I mean, I believe that that was the keystone habit that I had to remove from, from my life, you know, the, the drinking process or just drinking alcohol in general. Um, that was the thing I took that out and started to realize I had this energy started to realize that, you know, my, I was treating my body like crap for so long. Um, so I started going to the gym with this newfound, like, you know, sense of time, you know, like, cause when you're drinking as much as I was at the time, you just, you're not, you're not thinking about going to the gym for sure. Definitely not thinking about running. Um, so, you know, with that change, I went to hit the gym a lot more in 2018, started feeling really fit and strong. And then 2018 was when, um, my sister-in-law said, Hey, you know, we should, um, go like vegetarian for like a week just just because and then halfway through that week i realized i was only uh skipping cheese and eggs so i'm like oh let me just do a few more days of that and after seven or so days i felt so much different and better even though i was already pretty fit and healthy in my mind um taking out the meat and dairy and eggs uh, it just made me feel a little lighter more energetic. So I just decided to keep that going. And about two weeks in, I watched a movie called what the health and said, Hey, I'm, I'm good on, I'm good on this whole, you know, meat thing. So, uh, stayed with the veg, stayed with the veganism and then rolled right into running from there. If I, I don't even know if I answered your question, but that's kind of a little more on the background. No, I, I think you, you definitely answered it pretty well. And, you know, during, while you were explaining that my, I mean, one of the first things that came to mind is I'm sure you get the question is, you know, what, how was the journey hard to just cut a lot of those things out of your life? Um, no, I think it was, I guess separately, I, you know, speaking of alcohol first, um, and the, that sobriety journey, and that was tough for me. Uh, but at the same time, I think I was just ready for that change and I just needed to get a hold of that. Uh, cause I just felt so out of control. So like, you know, helpless, you know, and it just was such a major part of my life. Like I felt like I had to do it every day and, I don't even know if I said I'd say I had to do it. It's just like it was just a thing that would just that just happened, and I it was just a part of life, you know. And I didn't have say over it. Like it was, you know, we sometimes will say, "Oh, I'm, I'm not going to drink for a month," or you know, I'll go, you know, New Year's resolution. I'll stop drinking for you know this whole month of January, and then you know, two days in, you're like, "Well, I'll start over." And three days later, you're like, "I'll try again," and it just doesn't, wasn't working, and I didn't have any control over that. Um, it felt like, so, uh, by the time I stopped, it was like, I needed it. And I was, I had made that decision and then I was going to, you know, um, you know, Alcoholics Anonymous and working that program and that helped out a lot. And some of those habits in, um, you know, um, steps, you know, uh, to, for lack of a better word, the steps in, in the process of, getting and staying sober and living a happy sober life kind of helped me when it came time to deciding to go vegan. Cause I was, I'm, 
I love food a lot. Like, and I love all that stuff. I love, you know, if you knew me before then you you'd know that I'd eat and try anything, you know? Um, but using those steps and I guess the process that I learned, you know, going sober, um, it helped out a lot with other areas of life and it helped with, you know, going vegan. And then it even helped with the running. Once I decided I wanted to run and this is what I wanted to do. Um, I was ready for the journey and you take one day at a time, whether it's diet or whether it's um, going sober or if it's even just running, you know, everything, only thing you can control is you in this moment, nothing else. You can't control anybody else outside. You can't control the weather. You can't control you know, the other racers or runners or whatever, you can only control you and you can only take it one day at a time, you know? So that's the process that I used going into all these endeavors or um, changes in life. I really enjoy what you said there at the end with like taking it one day at a time and trying to control what you can control. And is that something you use in your daily running? Like how does, how do you, how have you taken that from, you know, your vegan journey and your sobriety journey and translated it into everyday running? Well, I, I just feel like it's, it, it's, um, it's one of those things where, you know, especially like if we talk about like marathon training, you know, mar- training for a race period is just, is just a tough task, you know, and it requires, you know, five, four or five, six days a week of you going out there, whether you like it or not, you know, um, and you do have to decide, like, I'm just going to take today as the day. Like, you know, today I'm not going to worry about the the 12, 14, 16, whatever mile I have this coming weekend. It's only Thursday. I'm, today I have eight miles with strides. So I'm going to control that. And then if it says easy, you know, on the schedule and today's supposed to be easy, I'm going to focus on running easy and taking advantage of today, you know, and a lot of you people say, you know, take your easy days easy so you can take your hard days hard. It's really about that day. You know, it's you just have to get out there, do your thing and whatever you set out to do that day. Just focus on that, you know, and wh- and if you're having a tough time out there or if I'm having a tough time and it's a eight mile run or like a tempo run or whatever, you just have to just try to get through like that interval, like that mile, that moment, because we all know if you run long enough, you realize that, you know, at mile two, you could feel like, you know, this is not for me. And if you just stay in that moment and then just keep pushing, do your best, don't worry about the total that you have to get to kind of break it down into little, you know, take it to the micro level and say, let me just get through these next 10 steps or next, you know, next stop sign or, you know, this mile, let me get through this mile. And by the end of it, you could feel like, wow, that I was struggling at mile two, but mile six, seven, and eight were amazing, you know? And you really do have to, if you can just break it down to smallest portions as possible. And then just go from there because, you know, week one of a marathon training block is, you know, if you got 16 weeks or whatever, it's, it's a tough task to look at. Like, it's like, wow, I got to do these. I got to, by the end of this, I'm going to be at 60 plus miles a week. And if you start getting there and, and going too far, it's just too, it gets too crazy, too overwhelming, too stressful. Sometimes you just have to go out there and conquer like this moment today. I love, I love all of that. And I want to come back to that eventually because uh, I read your, you know, your glass city Instagram recaps. And a lot <laughs> of that just basically reminded me of your thought process when, when I was reading that. But first I want to ask, Cause you said your first, you, you said you considered your race 
your running journey starting in 2018 with the rock and roll half. What were some of the next steps after that? Um, okay, so after that, I I knew that I didn't die, you know, running 13.1 miles. So that was like, I checked that box off, you know, um, because that's important to not die. And I felt like immediately, you know, I had set out like in my mind, I was like, hey, uh, when I run this, I even had like the Zoom three, Zoom fly threes on the back. They have the, the blank like zeros on the back or you can kind of fill in, you know, or take a marker and you can make you know a time on the back of them. And I put on there not knowing anything about this whole this whole running thing and about what you really need to do to be able to run fast. I mark it out and put 125. And that's what I wanted to run hour and 25 minutes on my first half marathon ever. And quickly I realized that number one, trying to train up for that is dangerous because if you go from, you know, you don't, you don't have a baseline, you all of a sudden you're trying to run it very fast. And that means you have to train fast and you have to train high mileage. Um, it, it could get you hurt. And I think I actually got a stress fracture in my foot during that training, but long story short, I ran 149, like 50 or something like that in my first half. And that's uh, quick, but then it's also much slower than 125. So I took away from that, like, wow, I didn't die. But then I also realized that, hey, if I do want to get to that 125 or I do want to run faster, I'm going to have to do something different, which means I'm going to have to do the opposite of what I did, do more miles, you know, slowly ramp up to them, be a little more cautious um, and maybe even get some help. So I reached out to you know, a couple of people that I know to see, you know, who would be out there that kind of helped me a little bit and got some tips from people on Instagram. Um, I think I went after like a Hal Higdon thing for a little bit and just decided I was going to start running more often and try to get in a few races here or there. Um, and then that rolled into like my second half marathon, I think was like the Martian, like half marathon later on in that, that fall and just kind of progressed from there. Uh, and then, January ish of 2019 is I ran like a, a half. It was not a half. It was actually a 25 K trail race. And I did fairly, I did decent trail races are much slower and different. Um, and my sister's like, we, were, we we lived in the Boston area for quite a bit. Uh, my sister, my, my mom and my family and all that, we lived out there for work uh, for a little bit. And so we were really attached and know about the Boston marathon. And she's like, Hey, you're fast enough to train up a little bit to get to the, um, to the, to Boston. So do that. And immediately I said, yeah, I should probably do that. That's what sounds like a great thing to do. Go back to Boston. It'd be fun. And I immediately said, Hey, after this first half that I did, I slowly got better, but this is going to be a big task to go run a marathon and try to qualify for Boston. So I reached out to uh, Luke, the Luke Humphrey running. Uh, he, Luke Humphrey wrote the book, uh, The Hanson's Marathon Method, and reached out to them, got paired up with a coach, Melissa Johnson White, and jumped in and started getting trained by her. And she made my plans and all this other stuff, like my first marathon through this last 10K that I've done. It's all been through that and it's been amazing. And so I highly recommend people that are out there that want to get faster, maybe not get a personal coach because uh, that can be expensive, but reach out to people that, you know, that have programs that know, and you can do some research to see if other runners have used it and try to see what their track record is. And um, Luke Humphrey running is, is, has been great for me. And I know it's been worked out, worked out for a lot of people. So uh, I would highly suggest getting on a plan because us being out there by ourselves, just throwing on miles sometimes can be dangerous and kind of 
unfun once you get to the marathon and it doesn't work out, you know? No, I completely agree. And I, um, not that my process was similar, but I think when I did my first half, my first couple of halves, you know, I didn't really have a training plan. I think I was on a Hal Higdon plan as well. And then as I can't remember when, but I did I found the, you know, Luke's book on the Hanson marathon method and Mm -hmm. used that for like five or six marathons. And I was like, wow, I love this. And it just, it just worked for me. It was, I was amazed at, you know, the results that I got from it. Yeah. It's, 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 um, sometimes I feel like it gets a bad rap too. I mean, I don't know whether it's like the high mileage, um, I don't know what it is that people like, cause I, I think it's a tough program to run if you don't pay attention to and don't take heed, I guess, to the easy run portion of this. Um, and that I'm sure that that goes with, you know, any training plan for, especially for a marathon or half, um, cause the miles have to add up, you know, you have to run you know, a decent amount of miles per week. Um, and if you don't really listen to your body and be true and say like, Hey, you know, my easy pace, is honestly, you know, 8.30 or 8.15 or 9 or not 10 or whatever your easy pace is, the one where you can go out there and you could do 60-something miles a week, you know, if that's the pace that you had to run. Like, you don't want to get out there and fool yourself and say, man, my easy pace is 7.15. And that adds up. You know, the, the it may not be hard for you. It may be more moderate. And if you do that too often throughout a 12-, 16-week training block, the recovery is just going to be terrible. You're going to probably end up hurt or you're just going to be overtrained, tired, and it just won't work out for this plan, the Hanson's plan or any other plan for that matter. So the easy days easy is the key to any marathon training block, I would say, and especially for the uh, Luke, the Luke Humphrey or Hanson's marathon uh, method. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I think a lot of it for, for that marathon program, I think it's nerves and unknown, but I think if you, you know, read the book or dive into the methods. It's, it's pretty well explained. And I just did everything that was, you know, told, you know, asked of me in the book. And I was like, Oh, it it works pretty well. Yeah. You mean like the unknown of like the, if, if you, if it's like your first time you're like topping out at 16 miles. Yeah. You know, some people are like, Oh, that's a lot for me. And you're like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, and it's cool. It's funny. Cause it, it is a, like when you're looking at it for the first time around, it's like, wow, 16 miles is a lot, but you, it really does ramp you up to that. But then on the other side of that, I've heard people like, man, I want to run like a 22 miler because I'm running a marathon. So why would I stop at 16 miles as my highest, you know, in that block? And I think people just, it's, that's your, if it's there, if it's your first time doing a marathon training block, I don't see the reason why you'd want need and want to run 22 you know miles in. Cause the point is to run your long run and then continue and not have to take a few days off. Cause you still want to keep rolling through the training block. You don't want to have this huge effort that stops you, you know, dead in your tracks and you have to take a few days off. Right. No, I agree. And to go back, you know, to bring it back to you a little bit, and mm-hmm. you decided you're going to qualify, you wanted to qualify for Boston, you know, what were the nerves like, you know, the thought process and the, and the thinking of like, all right, you're like, how am I going to do this? Well, when I decided to run, when I decided to do it. Yeah. Uh, when you decided, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to qualify for Boston. Like, and you made it a goal. 
Yeah, it was it it was kind of like it's kind of nerve wracking, but I gave myself some grace too. I mean, I didn't I I announced it to I didn't really give myself much grace actually. Like I announced it like on YouTube, and I don't have I didn't have a following at all, but I was gonna build this this YouTube following around my you know around this Boston experience. I said it on Instagram, said it to everybody that I could that I could talk to. Like I'm gonna do this, you know. Um, but I did also give myself some grace by saying it, it was 2019, you know, spring I believe when I first decided I wanted to get, you know, get after this. Um, and I knew that I'd need to run at least one good marathon. You know, I wasn't going to try to qualify with my first marathon attempt ever, um, because I don't have a running background at all. So why would I go try to kill myself? Um, so I figured, Hey, if I can just go run one marathon in a decent time, which to me was three fifteen or under, um, really right around three fifteen then I think that I could continue to train and then qualify for Boston 2021. So at that point, it was like two and a half years later, almost. Um, so I allowed myself some, some runtime in that. And so that took some of the pressure off, but it just meant I had to get to work. So that's when I got, that's right when I, right around when I got hooked up with, you know, Luke Humphrey and Melissa um, and just started the training for the, for the Detroit free press in 2019 and ended up running that really well. Um, and running a 313.30, which is just under the 315 that I was looking for. And I was really happy with my first marathon attempt being that number. And then I just went directly into training for, to try to qualify at the glass city, uh, 2020, but that ended up not happening because of the, you know, the pandemic. So, um, that pushed it back, but, I. I believe that I was ready to qualify at that point too, but it, it all worked out for the, for the good. Yeah. And I, we didn't talk about this earlier, but you know, you mentioned in that answer, you had no running background and we didn't really get into like, you know, a little bio on yourself. Did you play sports, you know, growing up in high school? Like, you know, what was kind of your athletic background before you seriously got into running? Oh uh, yeah. So that's kind of, so I played all sports, um, in the neighborhood, you know, like basketball and all baseball and football with the friends and things like that. But I never played anything. I played soccer growing up from maybe like six to like 12 to 10 or 12 or something like that. Um, but then I got into golf at age 13, 14 and just loved it. And so I golfed all through, you know, the rest of middle school and in high school. And, you know, that was it. Like I didn't, I didn't do any like really physical, physical, you know, um, aerobic, I guess, type of capacity sports at all. Uh, so my run at my background with sports is, is pretty slim, um, but I've always been mildly fit, you know, and then I think that that going sober and jumping in the gym and I was I was going to the gym five, six days a week for a year. Uh, before I even started running. So I think me being in there doing like hit workouts and stuff like that, I think it just set me up for success on this side of things as well. And maybe even who knows, maybe all the walking, you know, 18 holes over these years, maybe that helped, you know, some of the aerobic and like time on feet. I don't know. <laughs> you know, definitely could see that. I, I haven't looked into it, but there definitely, there's definitely an article I read recently I got to reread it. That talks about like walking as a recovery tool for training. Yeah. I've, I've heard that too. Like, I think, I think that that's, I hate walking though. I just don't, I hate walking. I don't know why. Like every time I start walking, I just have an urge just to like jog it out. You know, like I, I just want to get where I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> I could see that. Um, I, I honestly, like I wasn't much of a walker, but then 
it was like one of the only things I could do during the pandemic, mm-hmm. like to get out the house. Cause you know, I'd run and then I'd come back and I'd be like, okay, what am I going to do now? Right, right. So I put on a podcast and go for a walk and it was, you know, more relaxing than I ever thought it was, would be. Maybe I should do that. Oh, I'm not, not today, but one of these days I'm going to walk. I'll, I'll do it. I'll, I'll do it for you. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think you'll enjoy it more than you think. Man, but then I'll never be home. Like I'll, I'll I gotta run and then I gotta walk, you know, like, it's like, what's what's going on? <laughs> yeah. You, you raise a good point. Well, you know, to bring it back to pandemic and running and, you know, you said you were training for, you know, 2020 glass city mm-hmm. and I've, you know, obviously it didn't happen. What was that like having, you know, to put your, your big goal of qualifying on the back burner? Um, it wasn't, it wasn't, it's, it kind of sucked, you know, like, cause I really wanted it to happen. In fact, I had run the, uh, I, th- I believe you were there too. Um, the, the public's half marathon in 2020, right. The day after the trials. Yeah. That that's a brutal half just to yeah. interject really quick. <laughs> yeah, that was brutal, but I did really, I ran really well there. Um, and it was like, knowing how tough the course it was after I did, I didn't know what to expect really, but running what I ran there was still going to be, you know, equivalent, you know, if you broke it out and that was during like the training for the glass city. And that was what, like a month and a half before we were supposed to run glass city with 20, uh, April 25th, 2020. So I knew I was ready to go. And I was like, wow, if I can do that on this course, then glass city is going to be, you know, I'm, I'm right on target. And when it didn't happen, it was just like, it was one of those moments where I kind of reverted back to like the, to the serenity prayer, which is like, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change, can change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference. Right. So I know for sure that I have the wisdom to know, like, I can't change this thing. Right. And I had to have the courage to say, do what you got to do. Like, it, it just means this, this thing is happening, which you can't, which you, you could just say, forget it. I give up and I'll just take some time off and retrain next time around. Or maybe this just means it's not meant to be or whatever, whatever, whatever. So I just said, I can control this. Let me be strong here and continue to just run. Maybe take some time off or whatever, but just keep running. There's no point. There's no reason why I can't just keep racking up miles and keep training for it. And it actually worked out fairly well. I actually ended up getting injured in the summer, but it, the miles that I put in from that point of being like, mad that the race canceled to the time I got injured. And then after I you know, came, got back into running again, uh, after like a month or so, um, those miles helped me and it, and it allowed me to restart my training session for glass city 2021 with higher hopes, actually. So it's like, you can't, you, we could, we could all let the pandemic, you know, throw us off course and make us revert back to like some thing that we won't be proud of later, which is like just sitting around and not doing anything or you can control what you can control, which is like you, and that's it. So I'm going to keep running. I'm going to keep training. Um, and I'm just going to be maybe, you know, just ready for the next time something comes around and that's all we can do. So that's just how I looked at it. It didn't really bother me too much. Um, it messed up my goal of quality running Boston 2021, but you know, I'll be there for 2022. So, I mean, it is what it is. Yeah. And I, following your journey along the way to glass city was pretty awesome. It was, you know, great to see, you know, you, Lance and Joe, those are, you know, specifically the guys, some of the guys I follow from the We 313 crew and 
like the work you put in, like you, you all, you qualifying wasn't an accident. It was like a ton of work that was put in along the way. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I brought up Glass City earlier and I loved your recaps of it. And I, I enjoyed seeing the breakdown of, you know, mile by mile of kind of your thought process. And I thought one of the more the interesting things about your recap is, you know, when you, you said you ran into some hamstring issues, like yeah. how did you mentally just like try to put that aside and just stay on pace? Cause your splits throughout the whole race were, were pretty amazing. Yeah. I, I felt weird after that. Like, cause I kept, cause I knew it happened to me. And then as I'm like talking about it to people, they're like, but your splits were fine. You know, like you looked fine. Um, it was, it wasn't like, and it it wasn't a pain. It wasn't like, um, so at, at the end of the free press in 20, 2019, I was doing really well. And like to about mile 24, I felt like the right hamstring, like tightness. And it was one of those feelings like, okay, a cramp is going to come. It's going to happen. Hopefully it doesn't happen, you know, until I finish this race. And it really started to kind of seize up. It didn't like lock up because I'm sure a race would be over at that point, but it, it was, it was, didn't feel good, you know, like, and I had to just fight through and I ended up finishing the race and doing okay. But as soon as I, we took off in Glass City this year, uh, about like a mile or so in, it wasn't even two miles, I don't think at that point. And I just felt like just, just tighter than in that one same leg. And maybe it was nerves. Maybe it was like, Hey, last time you did this, you know, this leg hurt. So just let's, let's start now. Like, but it just started to tighten up and I just tried to relax as much as possible to stay with the pace. Um, I had trained so much like for that pace to be fairly easy. Um, so I just stayed there and I, you know, luckily, you know, I, we got Lance and I were running the same, you know, same pace. Um, and we were with a group of like maybe six or seven other guys that were there and a couple ladies that were just right in the same area. And so we, I just try to shut it off, control what I can control, which is just be in the mile and try to relax that leg and maybe, relax my you know backswing, I guess, you know, and my kick in the back um, and just try to not add any more pressure to that spot and keep looking at the watch to make sure I was on point, you know, pace wise and not getting too happy or, you know, whatever. And as the race went on, I, I think that it just, it took a lot out of me to, to have to think about that and try to fight around it. But by the time I got to like, what, 18, 19 miles, I was like, Hey, we're this, we're still here. Um, we've had some good miles and maybe some bad, maybe. Um, but this leg thing isn't really happening. It's still felt about the same, but it, it wasn't painful. So I just said, Hey, w- just push it and see what happens. And luckily, you know, it didn't go left or the other way. So it, I just kept working through it. And I just think that that's like, all of us have you know moments in like races where your stomach hurts or this, that, you know, you just have to try to fight through if it's possible. Like if the thing cramped up, you know, all the way, I was, I'm not saying that I'm some hero and I was going to fight through a, like a full off like Charlie horse, but it's like, it wasn't to the point where I had to stop and it wasn't really affecting uh, my speed. So just head down or head up, whatever, whatever way you want to look and just keep going. Yeah. And also congrats on qualifying It's it's an awesome goal. I know it's not the end and uh, Boston is not the end all be all for all runners, but I know for you, it's, it's something you wanted to do. And now it'll be, it'll be awesome for you to get back to Boston and, you know, and, and run it out there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, I, I thank you for that because I mean, it was, it's, I, it took a while to actually like sink in that I actually, that I actually did it. Cause it felt like I was working at it so long. Like I, it was on, this was like my first real attempt at 
breaking, th- you know, going sub three, which would be me qualifying. Um, so it was, it just seemed like it was a, a long time coming and I had been working for it. Like you said, a lot of miles, a lot of, you know, mas- massages and stretching and foam rolling and all that stuff and, and uh, complaining and icing and all that. So when I finally did it, it was really cool. And it just took a few days for it to really settle in and say like, wow, this is actually happening. Um, but I think it'll be another uh, like surreal moment when I officially like start like the training block for it you know, in 2022, like that, I think that moment will be really cool to know that like, wow, I'm officially training for Boston, you know, like, I think that'd be fun. Yeah. I, I remember the first time I trained for it and it, it is kind of a weird feeling because, you know, you get so many questions from people like, how are you feeling? Are you excited? And you're like, yes, all of the above, but I also just want to finish it and see how it goes. Yeah. Right. Right. It's like, you know, it is like it. It is what it is. We'll all be excited, you know, and we'll all be nervous for all marathons, you know. And I just think that you know, Boston is so such an epic race. And you know, I was we lived out in the area when the Boston bombings happened, and you know, so we we before that we knew how important the race is to the you know to New England as a whole, especially Boston. But it we saw the city, you know, make the huge turnaround and then they came right back the next year, no fear, you know, and just pushed through. So I just, I just know how epic the race is and uh, it would just mean a lot to be a part of that. And I know it's a tough race too. It's not like it's like a walk in the park for sure. So um, me going into this, back into this with like thoughts of PRing um, in Boston, I think it'll add a little bit more pressure to the training block, but I'm doing a lot of, you know, work, work right now and, we plan on working all the way through the rest of this year, just getting into better shape. So when I start the training block, I'll be, you know, starting off at a, at a faster pace, you know, than I was at the end of this, you know, glass city block. Yeah. I, so we'll, we'll go to that. What are some of your upcoming running goals since, you know, Boston is not for you know, <laughs> over, uh, you know, you know, a few, it's a few months away, you know, yeah. and, you know, 2022, what are some of your upcoming goals until that race? Um, yeah. So a, the goals right, like immediately after, uh, the, the race, you know, like the next day I text my coach Melissa and was like, Hey, what's next? You know, like, what are we doing? Um, because I wanted to just, I want to be fully invested in whatever I need to do to make, this next step really cool as well and have fun in Boston, but then also, you know, walk away with a PR. That would be great. So I said, what's next? And she was like, Hey, let's, let's work on some speed. Let's work on shorter races, kind of switch it up. I mean, cause a lot of us will do like two, three marathons, you know, people will do two marathons a year or three or whatever, or some people do more cause they're, they love, you know, the punishment, but you know, going from, from marathon block to marathon block is it's great because it'll, it, the distance becomes easier, but then at the same time, you're not really able to train like those fast twitch muscles as much. Um, cause it's a total different thing than you know running a 5k, you know, cause running a marathon, you can have a couple of bad miles and make up for it. You can go a little too fast on a couple of miles and you can slow down and make up for it. But for like a 5k, it's like, as soon as that, as soon as if you're running hard, those, you know, every, every mile counts. Like if you go off way too hot in the first mile in a 5k, and you could fizzle out pretty quick. Um, you know, you can do that for the for the full marathon too. But it's just you just a little less room for error in a, in, a, in a 5K, especially if you're trying to like run quick and PR, or maybe trying to win a race or something like that. Um, so we wanted to work on the 5Ks, 10Ks. I ran a 5K PR three weeks ago. 
Um, and then just this last Sunday, you know, a few days ago, um, ran my first 10K and uh, did fairly well there. So uh, goal is to, for now, is to continue to work on those 5K, 10K times, keep working on um, training that's a little more built towards a shorter distance. And it all just boils down to like doing what you can control, you know, and just if I can control what type of training I'm doing, let's go out, let's go at this faster training and work into it and kind of have some fun too, because just running another marathon first, you know, in the fall would just would be fun too, but it just switch it up a little bit sometimes, you know, like if you're tired of running the fulls, switch it up, do some 5Ks, do some trail races, do something that kind of livens you up, but makes you a better, stronger runner anyway, you know? So that's what I'm doing now is 5K, 10Ks, and I'll, I'll do a half marathon at the end of the year to try to PR um, from my last one I did in the, at the Publix in Atlanta. So um, that's the goal. Yeah, that you uh you might you might have inspired me to do some five and ten Ks. Those those races, to be honest, do scare me a little bit because I yeah. feel like I don't have enough time to get to where I want to. Yeah. But I know I, I, that's something I need to work on. So challenging it, myself a little better is is definitely an, a goal for me. It's it's fun though. I mean, because like you talked about those those race thoughts. Um, I don't know when I started that. I think it was after like a half marathon. I started the race thoughts thing, like a breakdown of every mile. It was really just to be funny. Um, and but then also kind of it helps. It's a little. Uh, it's like a journal. Like after a race, you get to kind of think about maybe all the crazy stuff you were thinking about. And I thought that I was insane. I mean, cause I think of really weird stuff when I'm running and I'll hold on to like some random thing that happened for, you know, a whole mile, you know, and then until you forget or see something different. Um, so I started doing that. And the funny part about like the, the full breakdown is, you know, you got 26 miles of thoughts, you know, and, and then you'd think that a 5k uh, would be much shorter because it's a only three miles, but in that little short period of time and you're just running all out, your mind just goes to weird places quickly. And it's just really fun to kind of go do recaps on those and think about the, the times, how many times in that three miles did you just like think about quitting? <laughs> it's like, I literally in the last one, I was like, I could probably stop right now and nobody would care, you know? Um, and I don't think I thought about stopping at all in the full marathon. Like not once did I think about like I could stop, but in the three miles, I was like, this, this hurts. It sucks. I think I could stop right now. No, I know how that goes. I, you know, we did a, me and some of my friends did a 5k, I think two years ago on Halloween mm -hmm. and the course was a little long and I was like, I feel like I'm running for a long time. Something's off. Like, am I crazy or am I just in pain? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're both. Yeah. And, and, and I thought I had never run a 10 K until this last weekend. And you just think, Oh, it's just three more miles. But you think the, the five K is a weird thing. Like the 10 K seems, seems like such a weird distance to me. And like, I was after four miles, I was like, dude, this is not fun at all. Like I'm not having a good time. I mean, I was running well and I, it was just, it was just running is weird, man. Like so many times you just think like, why am I doing this to myself? Uh, especially during training. You're like, dude, like I'm about to run 20 miles today for what, you know? And you just realize that we, we must love it. Do we love either, either we love outside or we love the way it makes us feel or all of it together. Um, yeah, I just, I, I think that all of us are just crazy enough to, to get out there and do some weird stuff just for fun. <laughs> No, you're completely right. And, you know, on that note, I know, you know, like you have mentioned the We 313 crew before. What do you think the importance of, of you know, linking up with like-minded people to 
to help you achieve your goals is to, you know, supporting you along those, you know, weird, strange goals. <laughs> yeah, I think it's super important. I, I, cause like I had started, you know, in my process of like, I wanted to qualify for Boston and all this other stuff. I had started that on my, you know, before even kind of bumping into them. Um, so I had done a lot of running and training by myself, which is fine and cool. Um, but when I started running with them, we run three on three, it was, I didn't realize like how, uh, you know, how, how important, you know, running with a group can be, um, and how supportive, like, even if they're not, even if you don't tell anybody your goals, like you don't say, Hey, we run three on three fam, I'm trying to do this. And you just keep it to yourself for whatever reason, just the being able to go out there sometimes and run alongside some people, you know, on an easy run or a tempo run or whatever. Um, it just takes, it breaks it up, man. Cause there's some people that just that run every day and they run by themselves and they love it. But sometimes there's like those winter months in Michigan or those hot summer days or just when you're tired and don't feel like it. And, but you got somebody texting you saying, Hey, you know, how many miles you got today? Um, and you link up and you run with, run with a few people that are all just trying to be healthier and better and stronger. It's just, it's just a boost. And, you know, we're not in this life alone, you know, and we have there's so many acquaintances and friends and family and all that stuff. And running with folks is just an opportunity and a way to amplify that feeling, you know? Um, and I luckily ran into them and gained friends from it, you know, and I've always been like a small circle type of person. Um, and just, you know, meeting with Joe, meeting Joe and Lance and Aaron and Dante and Asia and all these cool people. It's like, I have more friends now and their, their thoughts and ambitions in this running world, at least align with mine. So it's just dope. And we were through and three is doing really great stuff in the city too. So, and for other people outside of myself. So it's like, why not join up and why not, you know, catch the vibe? Yeah. It's, it's awesome to see and follow along on Instagram. And, you know, the, that brings me to another question I've asked a lot of people and, you know, that's the importance of representation. And how do you think that, you know, someone like yourself and the group, you know, is affecting other, you know, minorities and hoping to like maybe affect their lives in a healthier way. Um, I'm sorry. Could you, I mean, what's, can you, what's the question? I'm sorry. Uh, basically I was, you know, just the importance of representation and, you know, running as distance running, especially is not the most diverse sport. Right. Yeah. yeah sorry. But, sorry. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. But when, you know, you know, you've got yourself and the, you know, the we three run three crew and, you know, yeah, yeah I, I think other runners. Yeah. I think, sorry about that. Yeah. I think, I think, um, you know, representation matters, you know, more than I thought, I think we, we thought or knew, you know, um, it's like, uh, you know, 2020 was a year where, you know, a lot of things happened and, you know, moved forward and the conversation in you know, race in America and, it really kind of put a spotlight on some things for me personally. Like I'm used to being one of the only in the industry that I currently work in and used to being one of the only in maybe like my neighborhood. Um, because I live, I live in Farmington Hills, Michigan, and you know, my area is predominantly white. Like, like when I say predominantly, I mean like we're like the only <laughs> black family in the neighborhood. <laughs> so, um, but it's like, I was used to that. And then, but then when you think about, um, 
a race, like say like a, a half marathon or a full or a 5K in the city of Detroit, which is 85% black. And I didn't know that this, this statistic really until like I hear Joe talk about it all the time. You know, the city's 80, 85% black, but then you go to a race inside of the city and it's the only black people that we know we came with, like we're a, we're a group, you know? And I mean, that's, that's a, a stretch. I mean, there's also some, you know, obviously some other black folks there, but it's just, it's so few far and in between. It's like, there's a reason for this, like what's happening, you know? Um, or why is this happening? Cause running isn't white, you know, running is not like a race specific sport and it's so beneficial to anybody who does it. Why is this not happening? And why is running not a thing, you know, when it's so helpful, mental, physical, all that stuff and it's spiritual, emotional, you know, all that. So it's like, having a group like we run through on three um, represent for young black folks uh, or people of color. Why? And then having articles and magazines and people like yourself, you know, running podcasts and getting podcast guests that are people of color um, and shoe companies and all that stuff, you know, reaching out and making an effort to show the other side of this, you know, running industry, which is, you know, which is black too, you know, and we, it, it needs to, it's getting better. I think that it's, it needs to continue and it needs to just be second nature and not, or not even, not like a, a reach or a try, or we have to you know, reach out to, Hey, you're black. Can you take a picture for us? And I, and I think it's a lot of companies did that too, which was like, they felt like representation mattered, but maybe they just did like a, they did what they thought was right at the moment, but we'll see like what companies continue to support and continue to realize that it's not just a, a reaction to Ahmaud Arbery or a reaction to 2020. And if you didn't as a company, you were going to get you know canceled. So once all this dies down though, in 2022, 23, 24, what companies are, are really believe that representation matters. And, um, I just, it's, that's a big question. I'm sorry. Like, it's just like, there's just so much that can be done. Um, and I think that companies that are doing it right look really great right now and not only look great, but it feels good because it's like this, this is natural and not just taking pictures of, you know, us or whatever in, in their shirts and things, but really including people in the process um, to be closer and to make sure that the, the energy is there. Cause you know, we're all humans, but we're just, you know, black folks are are often just a little different. You know, we have a different way of doing things. We have a different swag about some of the things that we do or say, or the messaging that we would feel comfortable with, you know? Um, so yeah, representation is huge. And I think that we'll see new levels of it, you know, in the, in the months to come, you'll have to see companies fall off because they just did it because they thought they had to, or you'll see companies that are really rocking with people um, dig in deeper and just become better, hipper, doper companies for it. So um, yeah, more, more company, more, more run clubs. Like we run three on three and need to be out there um, and just get young folks out there. Cause the black community really just needs just more reasons to be healthy and more things to do that make people just feel better and deal with some of this stress and anxiety that we just carry around. Yeah. And then you mentioned, you know, companies, you've, you started your own company called chip time running. How did you decide to you know start the company? What's, and then what's the process of starting your own company been like? 
Uh, yeah, I started. Yeah, I started the company in like May of 2020, um, and it was kind of for that. It was because like the pandemic. Just uh, I didn't my my job my job job wasn't like at stake or anything like that, but it just made everything feel less like secure. And I realized I had nothing you know to lean on. I can't pass my job to like my son or my daughter. Um, if I even if I wanted to, I couldn't be like, okay, hey, t- you know, hey, Thomas, you know, this is what you're gonna do. I can't do that. Like, it's not mine to hand him. I don't own anything in that. Um, but then also, you, you know, the resurgence of Black Lives Matter, and you know, it got pushed to the forefront. And I'm like, represent. That's the back to the representation. It matters, and it matters in my little small home as well. It's like I wanted to do something that my kids can see that that is possible. You can do, even if this company fails and doesn't, you know, whatever, it doesn't do well and nobody ever bought one shirt. Um, the point is that you as, you know, son, you as a, as a black kid in, in this country or daughter, you as a black woman in this, in this world, um, you can go do things that are different than what's expected of you. Um, so that's why I did it. I did it for, you know, for my family, for my kids to have a sense of ownership and them see that their black dad is out here doing some things or trying to at least. Um, and that's, that was the whole impetus of it. And, and also just a way to get like some creativity off and have some fun. So it's like it, everything worked out well and it was cool. I mean, it was fun starting it off. I, you know, I had already had a decent like network of friends, like on Instagram that, you know, people supported kind of immediately a little bit here and there. And I just kind of kept it rolling. And, you know, it started off with a couple t-shirts, um, just with the run, eat, sleep, repeat across the chest. And now I have, you know, hoodies and, you know, shorts, that women, female, women's shorts that are going to drop like today um, and performance wear and all that. Like, I just want to keep keep it growing, have some fun with it and just be one more, you know, black owned company out here that's trying to do things big or small, you know. That's that's awesome. And I love that you just went out there and did it. And, you know, no one is obviously rooting for the pandemic, but. It is nice to see some of the positives that came from it, like your company and this podcast, that mm-hmm. things that may not have happened without a pause in life. Yeah. Yeah. Like it just, yeah. Is it some, some people, you know, let the, the pandemic in the beginning overwhelm them um, and they snapped out of it and, you know, got rid of that, you know, what do they call it? The pandemic 15 or the COVID 15 or whatever it was like, you gained a couple, little bit of weight in the beginning and then you, you know, everybody worked it off. Um, and then some people just t- took it as, Hey, this is some time where I can focus on myself a little bit. Cause you know, everything, the world slowed down, you know, when you, if you were, if you're a runner during the pandemic, like, like you said, we're not rooting for it at all, but when like the streets were just almost empty in the middle of the day or even at night, it was like you could run on the side of the street and not even have to worry about it. You know, you could um, it just felt safer out there. Like uh, I kind of miss those 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 days where you really didn't even have to stop at stop signs or stop lights because there was no cars. Um, that was kind of cool. But um, yeah, you just have to do you control what you can control, man, and have the courage to to grab a hold of what you can change and just go after it. And pandemic was not in our control, you know, and all we can do is just try to keep, stay safe, stay healthy, do the the necessary, take the necessary precautions for that. But then now with this newfound time and downtime, what are you going to do? And luckily I had a like little awakening and started a little company and it's, it's helped us out, you know, uh, mentally and financially and all that stuff. And you know, a bunch of people did that as well. And and hats off to whoever did it. And it's not like it's like, oh, you missed this boat. But if you're listening to this, like, just 
if you got an idea, there's so many people that had like little small ideas that turn into big things, or there's some people had little ideas that never turn anything big, but it changed their lives. Just do that thing. I mean, you know, you don't need you know, a GoFundMe page to start some things sometimes. Just start as small as you can or need to and just roll with it and have some fun and try something. It'll change your life for sure. Yeah. And, you know, what are some of your, you know, I asked you about future goals for running. What's, what are some of the next steps that you hope for the company? Um, that's, yeah, that's, that's interesting too. Cause like, I'm, I'm in a weird spot. Like I want to continue to grow it, um, and have some fun with it and to see where it kind of goes, but I want to do some other things with it. You know, I, I, I don't want it just to be an apparel company. It's chip time running. And the goal and the reason why I call it chip time running is because like people have, you know, you get your watch time and it says you PR'd this time, but you maybe ran the course improperly or whatever. And you ran 13.3 instead of 13.1. And so your watch times is different from your chip time. And I think in life and in running and all that, you have to be smart with, with the way you go about things. So I think chip time is just so important to get that number down um, in the way that to me, the way you get your chip time down is by running smart, but um, you know, eating healthy uh, and then sleeping and recovering like a pro. That's why the running sleep repeat comes, comes in. And so I want chip time running to be more of a support to the running community instead of just like just merch and buying shirts. Like I want um, to use the things that have changed my life, like sobriety and veganism and running to shine a little more bright through chip time running. And we have some things coming up um, this fall or next spring that uh, hopefully will add value to people that are able to partake in what we're going to do. So um, stay tuned on that because I I really want this thing to be something bigger than uh, some shirts. You know, I want people to be affected and changed um, and dig a little deeper into like, how can we all just be better people and runners? Um, yeah. So yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We're yet, we're yet, yet to see what's next, but I, it's going to be different. And I think really cool. Yeah. And, you know, along those lines, I, you didn't, I think you did an awesome job, you know, raising mental health awareness with the, the blue jeans mile that Johnny Gregoric kind of mm-hmm. started last year. Now it was awesome to see, you know, get people to, you know, join your journey into, you know, raising money for mental health awareness. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was really fun. Um, I'm, I'm really glad ASICS, you know, teamed up with him to do something like that. Cause you know, especially after the pandemic, you know, in the year of shutdown pretty much uh, showed us that, you know, mental health is, is, is an issue and it needs to be addressed and, and it's not, it's okay to talk about it. You know, it's not like something, some, you just, Oh, just stay hush hush about it. We need to talk more about our health, mental health too. I mean, you did, you raised awareness there, but what do you think some other ways that we, we as runners and, you know, in color, in the people of color community can be better about raising awareness and just letting people know that, you know, if they're not okay, they, it's okay to talk about. I just, I think that, you know, that's a tall task. And I just think is, I mean, especially, I mean, just in the black community help on that side of things just has been just so taboo, like, um, and just labeled as crazy or something's wrong with them or whatever. And, you know, I just other rate, I mean, not, I'm sure it's happens. It's everywhere, but I mean, I just feel like in the black community specifically, it's a little, we're a little harsh on the thought of like talking to like a therapist and working through some issues that we have. Um, and everybody suffers trauma, but I just feel like 
streets, especially like in like the neighborhood and areas that are a little rougher than others. We go through things that and have to experience things and think about things on a daily basis that the normal human being shouldn't have to think about, you know, and that's traumatic. And we need to figure out how we handle that and deal with that outside of like aggression, you know, and outside of just falling into the natural order of things and just perpetuating this inner city, like crap, you know what I'm saying? And I think that as runners, if, if you encourage and are able to get people out to run um, and break that stereotype and get out there and just run for your health, running naturally to me and to many people I know are, it's just an avenue into like the self um, improvement that attack, like connects you to the emotional side of things in that spiritual, like awakening, like you're, you're out there by yourself or with friends even, and you start to realize like, Oh man, like this is almost, you know, this is therapeutic. And if this feels this good, maybe this thing that I've been dealing with forever and just pushing out to the back burner, maybe I could go talk to somebody about that. Like running is just a door to so many different things that are just good for us, whether it's like straight up health and just good for your body, but the mental improvements and um the psychological improvements that you just that you can have just from running um is just a gateway to you know opening that door so i think us as runners just need to provide more and more opportunities to show young people of color old people of color whatever um that running is not some weird thing to do and it's actually really great for you you feel good from it um and we all if we're able to can do it you know so I think just get more people out there running, man, and get not uh, get rid of that whole you a dork or whatever if you run, you know. And I think that that's, we run three on three is a good example of that because it's hundred plus you know young black people out there running, um, and we run by people all the time. They honk in and stuff like that and shouting out stuff because um, it's just not usual to see hundred black folks running for you know a good reason, dressed up in running clothes, you know. So I think that. It's just showing people more of that and just pushing it out there. People like yourselves, getting people like me and other, you know, Lance and Joe and whoever else is out there that has uh, running, running clubs and doing things in the run community, just get the word out more and more people will just kind of naturally come out and jog a little bit and see where it takes them. Yeah. It, it's honestly, I, I've said this multiple times already, but it is really cool to see on Instagram that large crew getting together for, whatever reason, like, you know, two mile Tuesday, the concept is such a cool idea mm-hmm. just to get people out there and just, you know, you run, walk two miles, just like not a long distance, but it's just great to see, you know, a diverse community out getting together to do something healthy together. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, people start off with two mile Tuesday cause it's an easy concept, you know, run a mile, get, you know, we wait, cheer everybody in, um, take a picture and then head back. So you have time to like, it's not like a all out two miles of just hard effort. And then there's people that are fast. There's people that are walking, whatever. Like there's some, somebody for everybody, you know, you know, so just people just come out and you just see people start there and then realize it's a supportive community. And then they just keep coming back. And then next thing you know, they're running a 5k race. And then next thing you know, they're running a half and then they're trying to train for a full. Um, it, it just rolls into this, like journey that people just didn't expect. And um, it's happening all over the country. I mean, there's r- small run clubs that are just popping up everywhere um, in our communities and it's great to see. And 
I'm glad to be a part of We Run Three on Three. I'm glad to run with them. And and if I inspire anybody that's in the group, uh, that's that's all that matters to me. And I think that you know we just got to keep rolling with it and see where this goes and keep looking for opportunities to spread the word about running because it, like I said, it's just it's it's just a door to so many great you know benefits in. Um, advancements, you know, in life. Yeah, I completely, you're completely right. I, I know so many awesome people just because of running and we're having this conversation because of running. And that's such a cool thing to think about that. You know, I don't even know what my life would be like now if I hadn't started running over 10 years ago, it, who, who knows what I'd be doing or, you know, yeah, I just think about that's just kind of a wild thought to me. Yeah, it's it, it is crazy. Like, yeah, like I said, we're talking. I've met so many different people um, just through running, and that's why I, just one of the shirts that I created was uh, a runtrepreneur. So I just put the word running and entrepreneur together. And there's so many entrepreneurs in the in the running world. Like you meet everybody who's next thing you know, like you're talking about. Oh, I do a you know a coaching thing on the side, or um, or I started a run club, or I sell shirts, or I whatever. I started a company or I got a catering business. You see, you just meet all these people. Um, and running is just such a positive thing that if you need to change, like if you need to be around some positive folks, go to like your local run club, because there's going to be somebody there that you didn't think you'd ever meet. Or, and then they just give you this different type of energy or outlook on life. It's just really cool, man. Like I can't even, I can't imagine where I'd be without running. I, I actually, I could imagine where I'd be without running, but we, that's a totally different podcast. <laughs> So, um, but yeah, man, running is, is running's everything, bro. Yeah. And you, you mentioned that idea of entrepreneur, you know, this, that's a great segue to your Instagram show. How did, how did that come about and how's that been going for you so far? Um, the, 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 the show is great. The run, eat, sleep show has been doing really well. Um, I started it because, you know, the shirt said run, eat, sleep, repeat on them. I did like a run, eat, sleep week. And I thought everybody would be able to run a mile a day. I thought everybody would be able to eat like a healthy meal and get six to eight hours of sleep. We're not asking for too much. Right. But the food people, the people that were like posting like their, their lunch, it was like a carrot and a piece of celery. I'm like, come on, you can do better than that. And then people were like, oh man, I only got four hours last night. So I'm like, well, we need to talk about this whole running sleep thing a little bit more. Um, So I got people on the show to talk about, you know, running and um, you know, the, dietitians and things like that and physical therapists about recovery and sleep. It's been, it was really cool. Then started getting some, you know, famous and professional runners on the show, which has been great. Like I've had like, you know, Sarah Hall to like Abdi Abdurrahman um, to Diana Curie. It's been really cool to have like these like real legit professional runners on the show talking about, you know, running, eating, sleeping. So um, it's been fun. And then lately I just started the Runtrepreneur series, which I'm looking to talk to people that started companies like CEOs, founders or whatever um, that are, you know, that running is their, was their gateway into their companies that they, that they founded and started and owned. So um, that series has been really cool. I did the, the first one was with Gazelle Sports co- co-founder. Um, Gazelle Sports here in Michigan is a specialty cl- uh, running store. They have five stores in Michigan. Um, the second one was with uh, Monica from Run uh, Run and Rabbit, uh, Rabbit the clothing line. Um, that was a really great episode. So one got of my favorite clothing lines. Is it one of yeah? So yeah, the um, I tried on some stuff, man, and I put it on, and I was like, dude, 
Chip Time Running needs to do something different because my stuff does not feel as good as Rabbit's clothing for sure. So like, um, but that was really cool to to interview them and just get that like to talk to them about how they got started, but to dig deeper into that that running um, part of their lives because I think a lot of times they get on these shows and it's all about the business, the business, the business, you know. And um, but without running, like you said earlier, like without running, they probably wouldn't they wouldn't even be. You know, Monica wouldn't have started, you know, Rabbit Clothing Line if she didn't, you know, if, if running wasn't the start of all this stuff. And same thing with Chris from from Gazelle. So um, running leads you into some crazy places. You might end up starting a company and, and being on my podcast. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, I, I saw some of your recent guests and I was like, oh, man, I'm a little intimidated. He wants to come on my tiny little podcast. <laughs> right. No, no. Like I just, I, you know, tiny podcast, whatever. Um, yeah. I mean, no, like I want, cause that's the thing like about my show is I'm talking to other people and you know, I'm asking them questions, but then I started to realize like I did a couple podcasts before, prior to glass city and then after qualifying for Boston. And I'm like, yo, like I, I never get to talk about like the sobriety side of things. And I'm not saying that everybody, no one should drink. Like that's not, my thing, like drink all, you know, drink whatever you want, you know? Um, but there's people out there that feel like they may not have control of that or some other thing that they do. And maybe my, me overcoming, you know, alcohol so far and being sober for a little over four years now, maybe that conversation and my openness and willing to talk about, you know, the crap that I was putting myself through, maybe that'll help somebody, you know? And then the vegan thing, you know, like it just, I think some of my story, um, people just relate to it because we've all had those moments, whether it's running, um, struggling with food or some type of addiction. You know, we've we've all had something, you know, and I wanted to be able to just talk about it more. And I saw your show and I'm like, I want to talk to him for sure, because I, I just more of us need to talk to each other. You know what I'm saying? So um, I appreciate you having me on, man. No, I appreciate you. You're taking all this time to talk. It's it's been an awesome conversation so far. Um, I guess I guess yeah. We'll we'll wrap it up. But you know what? I just want to ask you. You know, outside of running, what's what are some of the things you do for fun? Man, I am the most boring like dude right now. Um, because like everything, because I'm definitely one of those personalities. Once I once I start something, like I'm all in. So like I'm all in running right now, and then it's it just happens to be cool because like me the more i run the the better like my show will do because i'll you know just be closer to people and running and then the more i run the better like my clothing line does because i have more opportunities for me to wear my own stuff or you know be out there talking about it you know so everything's running right now super running oriented but you know i got two kids and a wife and we i love we like we like watching movies and stuff like that and chilling and I got to get my kids out more often to, to run with me, but um, I'm I'm a really chill guy when it comes to like if I'm not running, like I want to just be sitting and spending some time. Um, and you know whether it's watching like The Hobbit, you know, with my kids or whatever, or just watching whatever new movie and stuff like that. So, and I love eating. Like I'm vegan, but you know if we could find a good vegan restaurant that throws down, I'm there like 100. percent So, uh, eating, spending time with my family, um, and running is my thing right now. <laughs> Uh, yeah. So let me ask you about that. Is with your family or is the whole family vegan or have you been able no, to like, get them on board? Man, I, I, I do. I'm in sales for like my job job and I've done a terrible sales job, you know, with my family when it comes to this vegan thing. My wife isn't having when that's not I'm, I wouldn't say they're not having it. The one that's not having it is my 10 year old son. If he sees like that is vegan, 
or thinks it's vegan, he's not going to like it. Just automatic. Like it's, if you tell him it's, it's not, and he'll tear it up. Like we, one of the things we tricked him one time and it's like Matt, some vegan mac and cheese. And we told him it was normal mac and cheese and he like was fine. And then next time around, we went back to the same place. We were like, yeah, this is vegan. This whole place is vegan. And he's like, yeah, I don't know if I like it. I think I'm full, you know, um, <laughs> he's slick. Uh, but you know, my daughter actually just recently like leaning more towards vegetarian stuff right now, like kind of pescatarian ish. Um, so she, in the last couple of months, she's pro- barely had any, um, any, you know, animal products for real. I mean, not animal products cause she does like cheese and stuff, but, um, no meat, uh, you know, recently. So that's pretty cool. And I just think the, the whole family is just, just that much healthier, you know, like even if they don't go vegan and I'm not saying vegans for everybody either. Um, but I just think that we, I'll speak for like me and my family and maybe some other black folks I know we need to eat better and be more you know, mindful of what we, what we consume because it just, it matters. Like it really does matter. Um, and just historically as a, as a people, we eat some things that end us in, you know, we're happy at the moment, but it ends us in the hospital later, you know? Um, so we just have to be more cautious, more aware, um, more open to different foods, I'm not saying you got to take the, you know, the meat off the plate, but throw on some extra stuff there that'll help, you know, uh, a longer life and healthier life, you know? Yeah. I got to do better about it. And maybe you'll inspire me to eat a little better. I don't know if I'll go full vegan, but I definitely can make the effort to eat a little better in my own life. Listen, so if if anybody's out there that's like, I'm talking to you really, but if anybody else is out there that's like interested in not vegan, like veganism or per se, but like just eating cleaner. Um, I challenged my mom to this and she actually ended up doing it. So I'm like, she's like, I'm gonna go vegetarian for like five days. I'm like, just go vegan for seven. Like if just go vegan, like do some research, but for seven days, just do full vegan and try to eat as healthy as possible with that. Like don't go grab all the vegan burgers and stuff like that, but just for seven days, um, eat as whole food, vegan, plant-based as possible for seven days. And I guarantee like in those seven days, towards the end of that, you will feel something that will make you question what is in the other stuff, guarantee. And then if you decide to go back to you know eating whatever you're eating before, it, it'll it allow you to go back into it a little more aware of like how you think you should feel, you know? Um, it's just a detox, I guess you'd call it a detox, but just seven days and it will probably change your relationship with food a little bit. You know what I mean? So, um, do that. If you do that for me, bro, just do that. And then and I'll help you through it. Whatever. All right. It's something definitely I'll have to look into. Um, <laughs> He's like, I don't know. <laughs> um, thank you again for coming on. I also, I didn't get, I didn't say this earlier cause I didn't want to interrupt too much, but you and Lance and Joe definitely inspired me to, you know, go after the sub two fifty goal for my next marathon. And I, that's, that's dope. And I would love to be out there in Boston and, you know, run with you all. And just, I think that would be such an awesome scene. Yeah, man, go, go after it, bro. Um, just train smart, take your easy days easy. Cause those will be the ones where you can make some gains like on your, you know, tough track days or, or interval days and tempos. Um, hope to see you out there, bro. And if more of us are inspired by people like me or Lance or Joe or you, um, you know, maybe one of these days we'll have like this big outing or something like that in, in Boston. That would be really cool. But um, yeah, anything I can do to help 
you and your journey. Uh, I, that's all. That's what we're all here for anyway. So hit me up whenever you need anything, bro. Awesome. I appreciate it. Thanks again for coming on. Oh, no problem, man. Thank you. Thank you for taking time out of your day to join me, Tommy. I hope you all enjoyed getting to know him and follow him along on his life journey. I will put in the show notes where you can find him online. Remember to check out the Run, Eat, Sleep show and Chip Time Running on IG. Thank you all for listening and sharing. I'll talk to you soon.